Hi, this is NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Kia Miakonatis. A wealthy widow and business owner meets an eligible suitor who also happens to be president of the United States. Romance and power ensues. No, this isn't a rom-com. This is the true story of Edith Wilson, first lady to President Woodrow Wilson. Author Rebecca Roberts shares this unexpected history in her new book, Untold Power, Edith Wilson. She chatted with NPR's Steve Inskeep about the First Lady. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Stamps.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm Steve Inskeep with a recording of my mom. Well, that's really nice, Steve. Where was she playing that? Oh, well, thank you very much on her behalf. She was at this historic site, the home of Woodrow Wilson, where he lived after his presidency. <laughs> what? How, how did they allow her to touch the keys? It's amazing because there's these do not touch signs all over the place, but they let people play the piano. So Judith Inskeep did. And I recalled that when I saw a new biography of Wilson's wife. They met and married while he was president. And then, when her husband suffered a stroke, Edith Wilson made presidential decisions for him. The book is called Untold Power. And I thought, let's meet the author, Rebecca Roberts, at the Wilson house. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you. And let's also invite over a musician who can play that piano, somebody who knows music from the early 20th century. Sadly, my mom had a schedule conflict, so we found Bill Edwards, who's an expert in songs of that time. He sat at that grand piano as biographer Rebecca Roberts showed me around. A portrait of Edith Wilson hangs over the dining room table. How would you describe her expression as she looks at the painter here, looks at us? I think she looks very serene and in control. That's actually what she did not like about this painting. She felt she looked more authoritative than a woman should. One of the complexities of women and power, as Rebecca Boggs Roberts knows. Her grandmother, Lindy Boggs, was a lawmaker. Her mom, Cokie Roberts, was a journalist and longtime observer of lawmakers here on NPR. Rebecca is a writer and veteran broadcaster, as you can hear when she stops talking. And she was that person. She was... She knows to wait for the grandfather clock to finish ringing. Edith Wilson, whose clock it was, grew up in Virginia. She moved to Washington, D.C., married a wealthy man, then inherited his jewelry store. So she's got means, she's got status... 
And she's a childless widow, so she's beholden to no one. She doesn't need a chaperone. She had a level of independence and control over her own money that women just didn't have in the early part of the 20th century. And she loved it. So before we go on, uh, Bill, this, maybe you'll have something, maybe not. We're going to talk a little bit about the courtship here. Do you have anything that seems appropriate for courtship, a little courtship music? I most certainly do. A Ray Getz song from about 1917 called For Me and My Gal. So how does one date when one is president or considering dating a president? One writes a lot of letters. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote steamy letters, proposing within weeks. She said no. She had a lot to lose. Starting with her independence. She would say things like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You want to kiss my eyelids, that's lovely. Can we talk about William Jennings Bryan? Do you think he's going to quit the administration? Who do you think (laughs) is going to The Secretary of State, wow, okay. From the beginning. She she wants to talk about policy. And he finally caught on and started flirting by policy analysis and, you know, sent her plenty of documents so she could read up. When they finally married, the president sang this song, You Great Big Beautiful Doll, and the new first lady became part of a consequential presidency. Her husband promoted progressive reforms and racial segregation. He did little to support women's voting rights, yet in 1917 he brought the U.S. into World War I, saying the world must be made safe for democracy. After the victory, he traveled with his wife to a peace conference in Europe. But when they returned, he wrecked his health in a failed campaign to build support for a new League of Nations to keep the peace. He collapsed completely, suffered a massive, massive stroke. His left side was paralyzed. Which Edith and the president's aides concealed. They said he was vigorous, alert, getting better all the time. She lied to the public, to the press, to the Congress, to the cabinet, to the vice president, and to the president himself. He never knew how sick he was. When people needed to get his opinion on something, they would write, often or directly to her, She would write back. She said that she consulted him in what she wrote back. Who knows? She drafted public statements. Cabinet officers began to resign. She was the one who figured out who would replace them. No one else is in the room. Does it feel definite to you that she was, in some cases, many cases, most cases, not consulting someone who was conscious and able to really make a decision? There is no question in my mind that there are times she could not or would not consult him. Now, did she decide something different than he would have decided? Probably not. She knew his priorities pretty well. When they left office, they moved from the White House to this house nearby in Washington, D.C. They installed an elevator for the ex-president who could still barely move. It was the start of prohibition, which had taken effect over President Wilson's veto, or maybe Edith Wilson's veto. They stocked the wine cellar anyway. I've got the blues, I've got the blues. I've got the alcoholic blues. Her husband died in this house in 1924. Edith Wilson lived here 37 more years. She promoted his legacy and obscured her role as a kind of acting president. She was this 
independent, brainy, interested and interesting person. And she doesn't give herself credit for that, or she masks it in this hyper-feminine, I'm just standing by my man stuff, because she thought maybe that that was the only way people would excuse what she did. Her reputation control was minimizing herself rather than inflating herself. Isn't that amazing? And so uniquely female. I think we just had the end of the interview right there. I can't think of another thing I want to say. Rebecca Roberts, thanks so much. It's great to see you again. Thank you, Steve. So we let pianist Bill Edwards have the last word with a song about a lost love called What'll I Do? The book by Rebecca Boggs Roberts about First Lady Edith Wilson is called Untold Power. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.